If you're not doing anything wrong, what are you worried about? The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of Planet Rage. 72, yes. Where the madness is going to get better in Chicago because Larry Lightfoot has not been (laughs) re-elected. The troll I figured one. that you'd be you'd be hurting your face. You're smiling so hard. Today. The Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's, it's it's interesting though, yeah. because the crime is definitely moving into the burbs, into the uh, into suburban Crook County. Anyway, mm-hmm. as I've mentioned, I exited Crook County when I was like 25. That's when I got married and got the hell out of Crook County. Right. But the other day. There was an armored car robbery in a town near here. There was another robbery. My sister was actually in a grocery store when like a bar or something next door and armed robbery. So they're like Mm. locking everybody in. Uh, Oh, boy. This is getting bad because, you know. Yeah. The concept that we do not want to put people that commit crimes in jail if the if they check certain demographic boxes is is catching up on people. Good. Which is what should have happened a long time ago. Insanity maybe should come in now, but we're going to see that the same tropes are going to be thrown out there. Sure they are. The most likely winner, and I hate the way they do elections, although I also really do not like the ranked choice voting concept, but Chicago is one of these cities where there's like 5 million people on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And thus, none of them got the needed over 50% to be elected mayor, which means they take the top two now and go to a runoff. And Lori Lightfoot did not make the top two. Now, I, imagine why. I know. I mean, Chicago's been in such good shape over the last four years. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But you're hearing the same things now because. The two guys that are left, one of them is a black guy that is very clearly a socialist, communist kind of guy. Oh, dear. Wants to defund all the police, wants, you know, this is, this is his uh, that's utopia. The way to help the, that's the way to stop the crime problem. So maybe he's got a point there. Get rid of all the police and just Get let people go. Yeah. Let it be the Wild West again, I think. There is something to be said about that. Well, it's not even the Wild West, because in the Wild West, every citizen was armed. Right. When they should so, be again. Yes. Yeah, so this is something else. This is uh, like, this is really more like Soviet Russia in 1917, where nobody had any guns but the crooks and the criminals and the bomb throwers. 
And then you wonder why things go downhill very quickly. Yeah. You know, but the tropes you're seeing now is there's that guy and he's running against a otherwise relatively sane white guy. Mm-hmm. But of course it's now Chicago's a racist city again. Yeah. It's amazing. We have some clips on that, but uh, it, it doesn't yeah. surprise me because this is exactly what you're getting. And I also have clips on this, which is, and I've warned people about this in multiple places. You probably have as well is that when it comes down to the next presidential election, it doesn't matter if it's going to be Donald Trump. It doesn't matter if it's DeSantis, you'll you're already seeing the left-wing media portraying DeSantis as another Trump or a, you know, slightly less whatever Trump, but Trump nonetheless, oh, sure. of course. Yes. And it doesn't matter if DeSantis isn't the one, if the, if the Republican, I don't know. I don't think they have enough in their, uh, in their minor league system, if you will. I don't think there is anybody beyond Trump or DeSantis that has any shot whatsoever. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's somebody that can come out of nowhere, but if there is, if somebody comes out of nowhere, they're going to be Trump. It doesn't matter if it's good. If it's even if it's a 38 year old black woman, she'll be Trump. Yes. Well, absolutely. Well, that's because that's the way they operate. I mean, the, the, the issues mean nothing anymore. Absolutely nothing. It's just, let's, Let's invent shit. Let's amplify shit and spray the opposition with as much shit as possible until they're glowing with shit. Um, and so that, and that, that perception will stick within the minds of a certain amount of uh, low intellect skulls. And it's probably going to be enough to swing an election. Yeah. You have to go with the emotional bias and captain oblivious. No. You're right. I'm sorry. I've, I've been remiss. 17 shot five fatally in Chicago over this weekend. Thank you, Captain. So let's see. So 17, five, that's a high, that's a high shooting number up at over 30%. I mean, the last two weeks, remember it was 11 and three. Yeah, so it's up 11 and three. It's up. Definitely. up. Yeah, it is up. And I'm happy to be here doing the show with you. Cause after the show last week started having some heart issues again. Oh no, wait I'm, a minute. Shit. <laughs> I thought we were past that stuff. What's I, going I was on? hoping and I ended up skipping a grumpy old bands, ended up skipping the random thoughts. I, uh, I did the rock and roll pre-show on Thursday and then by Thursday night had the, the heart racing. I even sent my buddy Gene, who I do a show normally on Fridays with called unrelenting, which also was skipped. I even sent him the little uh, ECG from the Apple watch. And I'm like, this is, this is getting there. But now send him a receipt, huh? right? I'm like, I just want you to know here. I, I can prove I'm not just calling in hooky to, to the show, which I mean, if you had to talk to Gene every Friday, it probably starts just faking things just to get out of them anyway. <laughs> but I set him the proof on that one. And I'm like, I don't know if I need to go to the ER again. Cause it was Thursday night that it was really just uh extra beat after extra beat, which brought what would normally be, be due to the drugs that they've had me on for a little while. My resting heart rate gets down to like 60, which is, really good which is again i understand it's medically controlled but that's about where my normal has been mm-hmm. and this was pulling i think the highest number it shot out of the watch was 125 beats per minute that's cooking yeah it's like especially when you're just sitting there going huh this uh yeah. this well, doesn't do something yeah is it po- no i'm thinking i've never had this thank you god but if i did 
when I would, when it would, when I would suddenly feel that coming on an episode, I would get very, very nervous and anxious, which I understand will also increase your heart rate. Oh, of course. Does that happen to you? And is that a factor when this happens? I'm sure it's a little bit of one, but as it's happened over and over again, the stress level has actually gone down, oddly enough, because... Because you're getting used to it. You're getting used to it. You're, you know, I've gone in and they're like, well, it's no big deal. You know, you're not an AFib. So you're, you know, you're not having a heart attack, which is good to know, you know, and all of that kind of thing. But as I mentioned weeks ago to the cardiologist, I'm like, look, I started my normal doctor, put me on a statin for high cholesterol in September of last year. And I'm like, it really seems to have started. Oh, shortly after that. Oh, and his reaction was, no, the statin wouldn't be causing that. So this has now been another, however many weeks. This was when I was talking about the fish oil, right? That was the same now, point. I was like, you know, cause that was the statin at the same time as the fish yeah. oil. Now I know you. And if I know you, when he said, no, it couldn't have been the statin. You probably did a deep dive saying, you know, statin linked to heart elements or heart issues, any connection. And, there was a NASA doctor that had okay. this, but he was seemingly alone, which doesn't mean he's wrong. No, it doesn't. We've learned with all the COVID stuff. There were a few doctors that were standing out on islands by themselves Yeah, that turned out to have more accurate information than the crowd, than the media, than mm-hmm. what was coming out of the government at the time. But I didn't do a deep enough dive on the drugs. I went and I looked at the usual places, which for me would have been the website for the drug manufacturer, which I believe was AstraZeneca that makes this particular statin. Nothing on that as far as a side effect with the heart racing and that kind of thing. I went over to, I believe, WebMD, which is kind of my secondary source, also didn't have that. And that's when I found. The thing on, well, if you're taking over a gram of fish oil, that could make these things actually worse. And that's when I stopped the fish oil. But it just happened to be on an happenstance, really, on Thursday when my wife was at work. They were, you know, chatting. She was with one of her coworkers. And what I was going through came up. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, you know, my doctor put me on a statin. And I immediately started having issues with my heart racing, like within a day. Holy shit. So the wife looks it up and finds the uh, um, the page over at the Mayo Clinic, which lists the side effects for this particular statin. And it includes may cause your heart to race, palpitate, do all the stuff that. Jesus Christ. Uh huh. I'm like, really? So that was uh, Friday no- or Thursday night. And so the last time I had taken the statin now would be on. Wednesday for the last two days, I have not been able to catch an extra beat doing way more ECGs than anybody should do in a day. Right. Well, so I'm not claiming victory yet because it has gone in phases and stages before. But with that said, the four days of the erratic heartbeat, once that was again, I stopped that. The last statin I took would have been. Wednesday night at like 10 o'clock Friday morning, sometime Friday afternoon. I think it was because I was sleeping a lot because I didn't sleep like at all. Of course not. 
Thursday night into Friday. So the wife left for work. I went to sleep by early afternoon on Friday. It was back to normal. Wow. So again, not saying that this was necessarily what was causing it, but it would sure make sense. It sure would. Maybe you need a new cardiologist like you needed a new dentist. Maybe and be like, you know, I brought this specifically up to you. I mean, and I, Mm -hmm. I do feel bad for doctors because when you go into and start delving into the side effects of any drug, and there's a lot of people out there who are like, you know, fuck big pharma overall. And I get that, but having family members, you know, including my mom and dad, well, my mom's had cancer. Both of them have had open heart surgery. There are certain things that big pharma brings to the table that are needed that without them, people would be dying. Now, with that said, they also bring side effects to the table that can be a real bitch. And the side effects might only affect a very, very, very small percentage of the population and everybody else can take them. And it's like a miracle drug. You know, some people can take them and be like, well, I'm going to live to 120 years old and I'm never going to feel better. Mm-hmm. But there's that 1%. If they take that drug, something really bad's going to happen to them. Yeah. And that's what I think it's very hard for doctors to be able to one have this kind of a knowledge although now you do have the internet you have the ability to look up this drug and i would think they have access to something where oh wait yeah my patient just said he started this statin in september and he's been having all sorts of heart issues let me go look that particular drug up and see what percentage of people complain about x y and z but that involves two hurdles yes one, the work to tap that keyboard and see or, you know, call friends or whatever, do your own due diligence and find out if maybe Dar- what Darren's saying is correct. And two, um, that would that would if, if you find out that Darren is correct and WebMD or your your wife's coworker, then that involves a, an admission that he was wrong. So those are two big fucking hurdles, Darren. Well, it would now, but originally he wasn't the one that prescribed the statin. Okay, so but he this, said it could, but he said there'd be no no uh, conflict or it couldn't be a you know. Correct. When I brought it up, yeah. the message I got back because I did this via yeah. their uh, their system online, which is great to use if you have a doctor that has this ability. Send your questions in text form because if you get them back in text form, you'll have a record. If yeah. going on that uh, they probably don't like that, right? I I <laughs> yeah. can understand why. So I sent him a message early Friday. I never did hear back from him, although I gave him kind of the demo Dick Marchinko, you know, unless otherwise directed, here's what I'm doing because I have a follow-up with him uh, in eight days. So next Tuesday, I have a follow-up with him and I'm like, maybe I'm wrong, but for my own peace of mind, I'm stopping the statin. I'll see you at my next appointment. And if there's anything I need to do because I am stopping the statin in your opinion, let me know and didn't hear back. We'll see if we yeah. hear back today or most likely yeah. we'll go in next week. And if I go in next week and everything has been fine up until then, then maybe he'll have to admit that he overlooked something here. And uh, mm-hmm. because side effects are a bitch. My dad's been having problems with his blood pressure medication. So this has been a really fun yeah. few weeks. And he was complaining, you know, the blood pressure medication made him pee too much. And I'm like, well, so what? There's a bathroom in the house. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're not going out a whole lot, so, but okay, I get it. And they took yeah. him off that 
And they told him, of course, well, we're taking you off a of blood pressure medication. Uh oh. Check your blood pressure every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't for a couple of weeks. And by the time he did, it was way up. Uh oh. So they put him on a different blood pressure medication now. And my mom's like, the yesterday he could barely walk down the stairs after he woke up. And sure enough, you go look at the reviews on this. And there are a few sites that have reviews of people that take the drugs and just doing a little keyword search. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, made my legs feel like there were cinder blocks on them. You know, really. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, here you go. It's another side effect. Yeah. So you better call the doctor immediately and let them know. Because I get it, too. There are some side effects that you'll have maybe for a day or a two or a week, maybe. And they're like, we, we, we've recognized this before and your body adjusts after a few days and then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And there are side effects that will never go away and they need to take you off the drug immediately because it's toxic to your system and things can go really horribly wrong. Yeah. So we'll see which one on both of those. But I'm feeling, and I don't even want to do it because I feel like I'm jinxing myself, but I feel with fairly high confidence. Mm-hmm that this was the issue over the things that had changed at that time, which again, this was the perfect storm for me because one added a statin mm-hmm. two had the root canal, right? And three, the cardiologist changed me to a different blood pressure medication than the one that I had been on. So there were three changes. If I had only gotten the statin and didn't have to have the root canal, didn't have to get the blood pressure medication, or if that wouldn't have happened at the same time, it would have been very easy to, uh, you know, just to point to one thing. Sure. But no, this, there were too many things. And then there was the, there was that red herring finding the study that said, Hey, if you're taking over a gram of fish oil per day, there's a much better chance you're going to have heart palpitations and AFib and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you would never think that, right? Because it's such a, sounds like such a benign organic thing. You know, right. Fish oil. Come on. What the fuck? It's not like some crazy chemical cooked up in a lab. Right. But you're oh. like, can I really overdo this? I guess the answer may be yeah. yes. Maybe. Yeah. We are not yeah. medical professionals here on Planet Rage. No. Do not. We fake it well. <laughs> yes. Do uh, not take well, I think advice. you've earned yourself a double of Tullamore Dew, Darren. For all. You know, this is also it. And because I will say, because one of the biggest things with all of these, with the um, premature atrial contraction, which is what they said has been going on with me. And then, and of course, it's, it's not just, you know, it's no big deal. If you feel this happening once or twice or even five times a minute, not that big of a deal when it's doing it. And it's in runs of like four or five. So every heartbeat all of a sudden has in rapid succession, three of these right after it's like a nonstop beat going on. But one of the things that is the worst for all the heart stuff is alcohol, which I rarely drink. I love Irish whiskey. Yeah. I've got more in my bar. I mean, you could probably have a, uh, of an Irish rugby team come over and I could probably get them (laughs) drunk two or three times. I've got enough. Yeah in the bar, but I just really do not. I've, I've been avoiding it like the plague mm-hmm. and it would be nice if this can uh, stabilize and then be real, you know, realize like, Hey, I can have a whiskey yeah. every now and then without, nice. uh, yeah. without something going downhill, especially with St. Patty's day coming up Indeed, next week. Yes. I mean, do they mm-hmm. celebrate St. Patrick's day around your, I mean, or is it, is it woke? Or is it, I mean, I don't uh, understand. It's, uh, it's not, uh, it's not real big, um, in, uh, 
in Los Angeles. No, no, not like it was, not like it was in New York, in New York or the Northeast. No, it's kind of a, you know, yeah. Hey, well, I'm just waiting for the reparations from the British. I am too. You know, hey, my, the reason I'm here is my, uh, was religious persecution of my uh, grandfather's family. You know, that's, that's why we're here. So should we, should we write a strongly worded letter to Charles and Camilla and ask, I'll be happy to for a payout. Yeah. I'll start off to him. Dear sausage fingers. Uh, Yeah, I know. Speaking of health issues, my goodness, (laughs) that guy's got access to some of the best doctors in the world. And you're like, you can't take care of that. (laughs) And yes, uh, Captain Oblivious says, was the fish oil made from red herring? Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) Sometimes the best lines, they're not even ours. They're not. They are not even ours. But hey, that has been another week for me. And uh, I am feeling really good today. Which, again, I don't even want to say that because uh, you feel like anything can change at any given moment. And it's true. And it's just very weird to me when you have issues like that, because when I went into the ER, it's like, well, the heart was all over the place. It was racing. There were extra beats being thrown in. You know, and they're just like, well, you're not dying. Go see your cardiologist. Man, oh, man. You know, back in the day, I think that was a little different where it was like, hey, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Yes. See, everybody, it's the, you know, yeah, everybody's just kick that can down the road. Yes. Yeah. Which it's not good. I mean, I get no. it. You know, the, we have the insurance, though. I mean, I'm already like, hey, I've already hit my, it's only March and I've hit my deductible. So that's good. Oh boy. Yeah. And the, uh, we have a very reasonable uh, maximum per person. Again, nobody really budgets for it, but I think our maximum per person was like 1250 or something a year. Mm-hmm. which is not bad because there are a lot of people yeah. whose maximums like 10, 20 grand. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I had oh. fairly horrible insurance. I mean, it wasn't, I shouldn't say it was horrible, but it wasn't great when uh, a few years ago, when I ended up having the, the gallbladder out and then wound up in the hospital with AFib, And, you know, you start adding this kind of stuff to all the, the retinal eye surgeries. I think those were a little bit earlier. But there were some of the hospital bills that were fairly up there that was just the, uh, all you had to do was ask, like, hey, do we qualify? Because one, I mean, poor podcaster. So right there shows you I'm not bringing in millions of dollars a year. You're not. No, I wish. But there was just a few forms <laughs> and we sent, you know, sent them into the hospital. They're like, well, one, if you, if you actually, uh, if you actually have the money, and you just want to get a cheap and easy discount with the hospitals. I mean, one, I'm not giving any kind of financial advice, but from my experience, just calling up a hospital and asking about a discount, 10 to 15% easily just for making the phone call. Yeah. And beyond that, if they do have a program, which the hospital that we were involved with did, they send you a thing, you fill out some paperwork and like a week or two later, the, you know, it goes past the board and they're like, oh yeah, we, we just wrote off your debt. No problem. Mm, nice. So again, I mean, they're going to look at your finances. So if you got money sitting in the bank and you're making good scratch and you, then you're probably not going to get it. But um, yeah. if you're a podcaster, yeah, you may. So that is sure. definitely something to try if you have the uh, medical bills. Yes. Omega project, the, cash discounts as well Mm -hmm. when you just ask your doctor and watch or your dentist 
their brains explode when you're like, hey, I don't have insurance. I'm paying cash. And they're like, oh, let me just give you a whole different price. Yeah. Because they know. I mean, that's the biggest scam on all of this. When I look at the billing, even for my ER visit, and it's like, well, this is what they wanted to charge. And then, yes. And then this is the, the, the change charge because they know this is what the insurance will pay. Yeah. So it's, it's a scam. It is a scam. But then again, if you want to stay alive, sometimes you do need, you need to do those things. (laughs) You do. I don't know why you do, but. With that said, we do have a few clips, and this is kind of a follow-up, and I'm kind of uh, obviously wanting to push for the war with Keith Oberman. He hasn't noticed us yet. He'll get there. He'll get there. Because, again, when the person calling for the other side to be silenced, they're the ones you should be looking at. As Rupert Murdoch prepares to scapegoat Fox, quote, news, unquote, CEO Suzanne Scott and fire her, That network is still not going to destroy itself without our help. So here are 10 steps to take to help kill it so that democracy may live, what Senate Democrats can do, and prosecutors and other networks and the White House Correspondents Association, and what you at home can do to deny Fox quote news unquote the $1,700,000,000 a year it makes from all of us who do not. Fucking idiot. Let's let, <laughs> democracy can only survive if we silence a voice. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. And he doubles down on that. Yeah. And he doesn't. I, under- I really, I really want to lock horns with this fuck face to face and bury him. I'm serious. And I'm pretty sure I can do it. Yeah. Cause he doesn't understand this concept that, you know, I, I think it's so cute where it's like Fox quote news end quote. Like you have to put the news yeah. in quotes because they're not really news. Right. But he believes that CNN and MSNBC, those are really news organizations. Oh, so that's real news. Uh-huh. It's like, come on. <laughs> and I will admit to you fully that Fox lies in there when you put their opinion people on. I will fully admit they have a bias, but so do the other news people. This isn't something new. If we're going to get rid of all quote news, unquote. Then get rid of all of them. Get rid of them. All of them. (laughs) But this concept, like we need to shut them down. It's like, it's just a weird one for somebody in that industry to say. He's an idiot. Watch it. Plus, Jim Jordan's weaponization committee is coming apart at the seams. The hockey pride night fiasco gets significantly worse. And I don't even know what's going on with that. But the hockey pride night thing was one guy who said, due to my religious beliefs, he was a Russian Orthodox. Mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to wear the jersey. So I don't know what that, how is that a fiasco? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a fiasco in, on, on, for, to my way of thinking that the guy had to basically legitimize his, uh, his uh, distaste for wearing the, the rainbow logo by, by laying it off on his religious beliefs, which somehow gives it, uh, you know, some, some legal underpinnings. How about just, I don't fucking want to do that. Right. How about that? Why isn't that enough? And why isn't belittling somebody's religion, belittling their beliefs, a bad thing now? Yeah. I don't get that part either. Yeah. Well, there's only one religion. They're all members of the state, state God, state religion. That's, that's who they worship. As is little Keith. 
Rupert Murdoch showed Joe Biden's campaign ads in advance before they became public to Jared Kushner. This does not just violate journalistic and electoral ethics. It may be criminal and it. Now, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Show me that on the books, fucktard Keith. I want to see that. Uh, I want to see that precise uh, law. How that's criminal. Right. Bring that to me. Showing yeah. somebody's campaign ad, yeah, is criminal. Yeah, I mean, he his has to be face high. Is criminal. His face is criminal. Looking <laughs> at his face is criminal. He, that's that's a crime, really. And I apologize in advance to anybody who may be high. But that has to be a possible explanation of Keith Oberman because his brain is not working. There is something that is impacting his ability to have rational thoughts. And maybe it's a side effect of a drug. Maybe Keith should uh, look at his uh, his list of medications because there's something that is blocking that logical part of the brain that even if you are an ardent leftist saying that something like showing somebody's campaign commercial before it aired. That's criminal. Like, I mean, his brain, his brain is incapable of processing logic. And that's what's going on with all of me. They, they, they completely move what, what motivates them, what drives them is, uh, is, is base instincts like some animal and feelings. Logic, they don't, they, they don't deal in the logical world. They don't. True. It is all the emotional. We got to prey on people's emotions and then we get them. Yeah. It certainly should mean the metaphorical death penalty for a dark, evil propaganda channel. Yeah, dark, evil propaganda channel. That's Fox. Mm. But, you know, MSNBC? No, they're the truth tellers. CNN? Oh, yeah, the beacon of, uh, I mean, when you look at the people on CNN, just the beacons of truth telling, let me tell you. I don't see that. But again, calling for the silencing of a network that has a political difference of opinion. Masquerading as a news organization. The latest revelations from the Dominion defamation case against Fox News seals it. Fox News must be deplatformed and the company driven into bankruptcy. We can have democracy in this country or we can have Fox News. We cannot have both. One, we don't have democracy but I don't think he understands <laughs> what he's talking about there either that because you have somebody out there. And even if we wanted to admit and just say, you know yeah. what? Fox news lies about everything. Well, he sounds like Neil Young. Yes. Remember his line? Hey, Spotify. Hey, Sp let me say it. Let me do it like <laughs> Neil. Hey, Spotify, you can have me. You can have Joe Rogan, but you can't have both. And they said, bye, Neil. <laughs> right. We're going with who's making us more money. And it get, again, comes down to who is the arbiter of what is truthful. And that's the biggest issue with all of these things. When people say they want to do something about misinformation, the question always should come down to, well, what? Yeah. What are you going to do? How are you going to make sure that what you're taking down or taking off the air isn't truthful. Again, we've learned from COVID that a lot of the stuff that was originally said by a handful of doctors that everybody swore was wrong and they were lying and they were spreading misinformation turned out to be true. Yeah, but misinformation is another concocted commie word. Yes. Just like hate speech, just like access to just like their whole fucking glossary, which is why I never, I never use it. And, and when they say miss not, not because again, the mouth breathers 
come to associate, you know, the the other the other side of the coin, the uh, the right wing um, ideas and ideolo- ideology with misinformation because that's how they spray paint it, you know. So that that's it, you know. So I'm not using that word. Just telling you. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't blame you because it is. <laughs> you know, it is a constantly changing landscape now. Yeah, and there's always been misinformation. It's called fucking lies. Well, okay? and there's a difference between what can be considered an outright lie and there's being wrong, which is why this Dominion voting thing with Fox, it's like, okay, so you want to take a whole network down because they believed the wrong sources and they told the story. It's like, do we, do we not understand that's what every news organization is doing at this point is telling the story before having 100% confirmation that it's true. Nobody does that. And did Fox push something that ended up not being true? Probably. But show me one news organization that hasn't done that. And uh, I'll wait because I don't think there is any that has. Well, you know, the, you know, the young Turks are had a guy. Come on down. <laughs> They've never got anything wrong. No, <laughs> but that's this concept. It's like, well, everybody's going to get something wrong. The bar for what constitutes journalism has gone down so much. Journalism's that, dead. Yeah, Journalism's just, it's been dead a long time. It just is. In the old days, you know, before the interwebs, before a story could be printed, I mean, there were actually editors at the major newspapers that would be like, if we came to them with one of these stories, they'd be like, well, where's the uh, proof? Where's the confirmation? Yeah. We need six different sources, whatever their bar was. You had to hit that before they were comfortable printing it. Now, mm-hmm. somebody hears a rumor, a journalisming person hears a rumor. They repost it on Twitter within three seconds. Nobody's asking for confirmation. Yeah. Nobody actually digs. You know, it's, it's always been this way. And I think, uh, you know, there was a, I saw this um, when I was a kid, um, there was a, there was a news story in New York that was, that was, uh, it was old, you know, when I was a kid, Um, I really don't remember it, but it was one of those kind of things that was rehashed for years and years afterwards. Okay. And it was the story of a woman named Kitty Genovese, okay? And she was out, uh, you know, bar hopping with her friends, whatever, in Queens one night. And she was uh, brutally, brutally, it's always brutal. Um, she was stabbed again and again by, by some creep uh, as she was getting into her apartment in Queens. And she, she, she fell back into the street and screamed and the guy stabbed her. It was just a horror show. There's no security footage of it, but, you know, there was plenty of witnesses that said, this is what happened. And so the story became that um, New York was a place filled with heartless people who did not want to get involved, right? In fact, that story was probably the impetus for the so-called Good Samaritan laws that were passed in New York, I think, in the 70s or 80s. Right. They did a whole, the whole ending of Seinfeld based on that. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So, um some time ago I was surfing around Netflix and there's this documentary on Kitty Genovese. Right. And it turns out she was certainly dead. She was certainly stabbed multiple times by a piece of shit. Those parts of it were, were correct and true, but the rest of it was mostly bullshit from the New York times. And this guy went back and ran it down and found out that there were dozens of people had phoned the cops and said, Hey, there's some woman out here being beaten up or stabbed. I guess it was a dark street. It was hard to see exactly. She's screaming, send out a squad car right away. 
and so on and so forth. And what happened was the New York Times, which is, you know, the arbiter of all that's true, um, just decided to publish only what they wanted to. They didn't, there was, there was technically, there was nothing in their editorial that you could put your finger on and say, look at that. You wrote a fucking lie. Right. What they did was withhold the truth. Okay. They never mentioned that there were people that did go to her aid that called the cops and so on and so forth, because they wanted the, they wanted the, the narrative to be the way they wanted it. So fucking misinformation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always gone on. This is not a new thing. And, and the times has always been guilty of this since it's birth. Oh yeah. You know? The lies by omission. Yeah. Any kid knows that you knock over the lamp. Your mom comes home. You're like, Oh, the lamp broke. The lamp broke. Right. What happened? I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. the dog did it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Earthquake. <laughs> right. Yeah. Act of God, yeah. something happened, but you don't offer the information that's going to implicate you. Right. And you leave out the certain facts. That's the whole thing. And that is the mm-hmm. most nefarious thing when it comes to that concept of whether information is truthful or not, leaving certain details out. Yes. That you know to be true just because they will point somebody in another direction. I mean, that is exactly for anybody that enjoys a good mystery novel. That's exactly what good authors do. Mm -hmm. They don't lie to you. They just misdirect the hell out of things to make you think one thing. And then you're like, oh, you know, at the end, you're supposed to get it. I don't think people are getting it anymore. No, people are just looking at it like, well. Yeah, Fox News, they lie about everything. That reminded me of the Jeremy Piven, my little interaction with him on Twitter with Russian Fox News. They lie about everything. Piven. Yeah. So I was like, give me at least one example and I'll believe you. Well, yeah, it's always funny. They lie about everything. Okay, give me one concrete example and I will let you win. I will say you're right. I will never listen to them ever again. Right. But they never have even that one example, which again, that. That should tell you all you need to know about the same thing about people who want to silence the other side. It's the ones that say all li- they're all lies, all this. Mm. And I really, I work hard not to jump to any of those conclusions as I think you can see with the way I'm dealing with the health issue. It's like, I, I think maybe I have figured it out, but I'm not yet going to be like, no, I know for sure. Sure. Like, no, I want the, I want more confirmation because the more confirmation is better when it comes to anything. Now, Russell Brand understands this, and he's kind of the anti-Keith Olbermann. He is. It's disingenuous (laughs) to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. He was on MSNBC at the time, which I thought was great. Mm. On MSNBC, it's difficult to suggest that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And and unless we start to embrace and and also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country. I also thought that 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 was perfect. Can you say spiritually in the United States? Because, you know, they're they're a little afraid of that whole religion thing right about now. Mm, Yeah. We have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. on there. Yeah. He's probably talking about his experience with Mika and Joe. I remember that. It was pretty funny. And he held his own. He did very well with those two idiots. Well, you usually don't want to have a battle with a professional comedian. 
True. <laughs> I mean, Chris Rock has showed that. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Mika yeah. and Joey, they need the, you know, they have their talking points. They're newsreaders. When somebody challenges that and can think on their feet, which is exactly why you would eviscerate Keith Oberman, because he has no ability, I don't believe, to think on his feet. He knows what he's dragged into his mind, yeah. but he doesn't know how to make the case without the talking points. And if that's if you want to be a good debater, if you want to be good at winning arguments, you have to know how to use logic and a little bit of the preying upon somebody's emotions are fine. That'll definitely help you win. Sure. But you have to be able to think on your feet. You can't just say the same thing everybody else is saying. You have to be able to like, hey, I'm making this. Here's an example you've never heard before. I'm throwing it out there and people are like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, Russell Brand kind of I have to watch the the special with the uh, Chris Rock because I guess he eviscerates Will Smith. It took him a year. I want to see that. Yeah. He put together a hell of a stand-up. He goes after Will Smith's wife, which I find to be funny as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is, you don't want to get into a fight with the comedian. Like the guy you know, uh, you know Bobby Slayton, you don't show up and, and you don't heckle him. Right. You know, these are things you just don't want to do because yep. he will win. He's a professional at it. Of course. But these uh, these folks just do not seem to understand it but we do have some clips on as we said Lori lightfoot losing oh yeah uh, which we've got both uh scott libido and uh, uh tommy laren mm-hmm. on uh Lori lightfoot i'm, I'm wondering who's going to be more vicious oh come on <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know i mean tommy is just a, you know a sweet looking little blonde girl but uh yeah and it was it was that a sexist statement probably but uh I think she holds her own, but we'll see. It'll go. We'll yeah. go and see what the trolls say. We'll go. Uh, okay. We'll go head to head here. All right. Hey, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Stop. <your bitch. laughs> okay. It's I funny. It. It's funny because <laughs> she, she calls him Beetlejuice too. her. her I, I just said him. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Yeah. I, sorry. Sorry, Larry Lightfoot. I didn't mean to call you a him unless you identify as a him. I, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's also very confusing. <laughs> hey, Beetlejuice. Stop your bitching. You got the boot in Chicago yesterday. Not because of what you claim. It's because of racism and homophobia. They hate me because I'm a black gay woman. No, this is 2023. Stop your race baiting bullshit. You're a hateful piece of shit. And you got the fucking boot because you suck as the fucking mayor. (laughs) Because you are responsible for the thousands of deaths, slaughters of innocent people in that fucking city. So, the red light means that the fries are done, sugar. See ya. (laughs) The red light means that the fries are done. (laughs) I'm going to start using that. I like that. That's a good line, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess it's a reference to what her next job might be. Maybe. But that is the most interesting thing about this situation was that Chicago just in the last voting cycle there were great people in Chicago Larry they voted for a black lesbian mm-hmm. I mean this was the most woke greatest thing diversity was running strong but you know what happened between the two voting cycles obviously everybody in Chicago became racist again I guess so yeah that would uh, you're right 
It, re- to, it reminded yeah. me of Barack Obama winning two terms and people who disagreed with his policies were called racist yes. because, you know, you can't just treat somebody based upon their ideas. But I like, well, you know, the, the nugget, uh, the nugget in that, uh, is <laughs> in Scott's monologue there is, and he's absolutely right. It's 2023. Cut that shit out. It doesn't fly anymore. It just doesn't. Well, it's all they've got. Yeah. Because you can't, well, why else? You can't, Yeah, you cannot take responsibility for yourself in this day and age. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to point to something else and go, no, no, it's because of this. Right. And the lunacy of that is great. And like I said, the, the interesting now in the Chicago mayoral race is it's a black guy versus a white guy. So the racist talk's going to start flowing. Sure. Before the runoff. You know, except what are the polls saying at this point? The uh, the white guy's probably going to win, okay. which is good because he's not insane. And he's actually running on. I know I'm going to let some uh, information out of the bag here for people that haven't been following along. He wants to get this. Prosecute criminals. Oh, what's the matter with him? I, I don't know. I think maybe there's enough people in Chicago and it was it was interesting. Once you start looking for these things to try to find out how things are being pushed, how things are being done, the political commercial for this guy, Paul Vallis, the white guy, a lot of black people in the commercial for him, which it's, I get it, you know, it's, but it's like, there's way more black people in his, there may be even more black people in his commercial than in the other guy's commercial. Mm -hmm. But it's like, this is, I think, going to maybe show people why don't we go for the person with the the best idea which how about that that's a good idea it doesn't matter if you're white latino black asian whatever you are living in chicago if you've been the victim of a crime and you probably have recently you might be going you know hey i want the person that wants to be tough on crime i'm not going to just vote for the black guy because he's like I want to defund the Chicago police department. Yeah. That I, I mean, if, if that guy wins, well, then it's time for everybody that's rational to move out of Chicago, which kind yeah. of puts us right in the Scott Adams kind of situation, which is like, if that's going to happen, you need to do this. I want to vote for the president of El Salvador. You seen that video? No. Oh, this guy, man, he, you know, that's the uh, home of, uh, MS-13 gang, which I understand actually began in Los Angeles and sort of uh, found its way back to uh, El Salvador. But uh, it's apparently the, the problem there is so it's so extreme, so out of control. It's it's just it's just beyond. And this guy constructed something. Is it the largest prison in the world? I don't know. It might be it's some some kind of a super prison. <laughs> and you could Google this or. Duck, duck, not even, none of them are legit anymore. I just use my Brave browser um, to do uh, searches. But this guy produced this video, which really should be, has to be seen to be believed. It absolutely has Hollywood caliber production values. You look at this and you think, this isn't some government shit. This is, you know, this is a major, this is Warner Brothers or maybe Paramount. It's very well done. And it is thousands, thousands of these MS 13 gang members being bussed into this super prison 
all wearing nothing but white boxer shorts. They're covered in tats from head to foot, and the guards make them walk into the, the prisons bent in half. In other words, you know, their, their, their torso is parallel to the ground, which can't be comfortable. And they're all cuffed behind their backs. And then they have to sort of snug up to one another tighter than cattle in a pen. And this guy, the president of, um, of, um, of El Salvador, just said, hey, you know, the guys we didn't manage to get and plug in here, um, if you do, you're going to be here just like these guys. This is your life forever, forever. <laughs> and it makes sense. <laughs> Holy shit. Talk about a deterrent. You know, and I'm, right. I guarantee you, he hired somebody who was really skilled with that, you know, to camera and editing and so forth to do that. It's some, some fantastic shots. You got to see this. Um, and it is a fucking deterrent. If I'm some mad dog maniac out there thinking about, I, I might think twice. After seeing that video, really? Well, that's it. You need the deterrent. You don't need. And we talked about the Chicago carjackings going way up years ago. And it's like, well, that's because somebody in charge said we're never going to prosecute somebody under the age of 18 as an adult for carjacking. And then the kids all went carjacking. You need to have the fear that if you get caught, you are going to be punished. Mm -hmm. And that is human nature. I mean, anybody that has kids understands there has to be some punishment behind your words you know hey don't take that cookie otherwise you can't have whatever sure and if you don't follow through with the punishment then the behavior gets worse of course we're not talking corporal punishment you don't have to tie your kids up in the yard or anything like that but you need to have the understanding that if you get caught there will be something bad that happens to you. And I think it is just human nature where it's like, if you know there are no reprisals, you see exactly what's going on. Once everybody found out, you know, if you, if you shoplift under a thousand dollars, I mean, the worst you're going to get is like a parking ticket. Yeah. People walk into the stores and load up and walk out and they don't feel bad about it. No. Now, if you thought that you get caught and you wind up in jail for even a month, then people start thinking twice about it course but when there's no opportunity for repercussions of course crime continues to rise it's very simple to understand so this concept that oh we want to be fair to people and not charge that it's like no you're not being fair in a nation of law which brings the order part and if the laws aren't enforced you don't have order it's at everybody's detriment if you just let these things go and you're like, well, no big deal. It's just, they just broke a small law. Yeah. You know, if you want the law, if you really don't believe some of these laws should be on the books and I'm right with some of them where there are you know, still areas where the, uh, you know, marijuana is illegal. It's like, you know, I don't really see a big difference between that. I mean, I don't want to do it. I've got enough health issues, <clears throat> but I don't really see a big difference in being intoxicated by marijuana and being intoxicated by alcohol. Mm. But I also then say, if you get high and you drive and you kill a family of six, then you're going to jail. Mm. You know, again, this is all just knowing that there are repercussions for things. And this concept that like, well, no, let's just get rid of the police. It's like, well, you know, either that works or it doesn't because if you totally defund the Chicago police, 
Well, then everybody's going to be carrying a gun because the gun laws go out the window when there's nobody to enforce the laws. So maybe it would just make it for a lot more fun in Chicago. There you go. Yeah. Like if there are no police, why would you respect the gun laws then? Why would you? You could walk down the street with like 15 guns strapped to you like a video game. Carry a minigun like Arnold in Predator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or was that Jesse Ventura? One of them had that. I forget which. That's that's an intimidating weapon. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you could have grenades hanging from your belt. You <laughs> yeah. can have all sorts of fun. Yeah. You can have all sorts of fun. But let's see how uh, Tommy Laren takes on. Let's see what Tommy says, the blonde. First up this week is a quite literal loser, thanks to the voters in Chicago. Lori Beetlejuice Lightfoot. No candidate in Chicago's mayoral race was able to reach that 50% threshold, so the race will head to a runoff. But as for Lori, she will not be racing towards anything because she has lost her re-election bid and by a lot. 84% of Chicago voters decided they finally had enough of crime, drive-bys, homelessness, and Lori Lightfoot. When she was elected as Chicago's first black lesbian mayor, it was touted as a historic accomplishment. So in that same spirit, should we also acknowledge her historic loss? She was the first mayor of Chicago to lose re-election in 40 years. And I, I mean, think about that one. Yeah. The first mayor not to get at least one re-election yeah. in 40 years. It's impressive. Lose re-election in 40 years. And I guess that also makes her the first black lesbian mayor to lose in 40 years as well. We want to throw in that woke standard just for good measure. That's how this whole thing works, right? Got to add in race, gender, and sexual preference into everything to be politically correct and sensitive. So you're welcome. I feel so progressive now. Oh, but care to guess why Lori Lightfoot says she lost? Oh, yeah, there it is. So wait, Lori, you were elected on your merits, but not re-elected because Chicago's apparently now full of racist, sexist, homophobes. Oh, in crime, lawlessness, and homelessness, but I'm sure those things had absolutely nothing to do with your loss, Beetlejuice. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I do like the Beetlejuice. Uh, I wonder if the yeah. poor people that made the Beetlejuice movie are happy with that comparison. Hmm. And I mean, it's kind of rude to go after her for her looks, but she kind of deserves it when you're pointing to, oh no, the city's now racist and homophobic because I didn't win re-election. It's like, but then how did you win in the first place? Good point. Nobody can ever explain that one. Then how did you win in the first place? Yeah. I mean, were there a bunch of different people in Chicago four years ago? That maybe because there's somebody dead now. That's it. They've all been <laughs> shot and drive-bys and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The people that are left maybe are just the racist ones. Now, maybe... Maybe Larry's right. Or maybe, and this would be a positive sign, which is another reason why I'm a little slow to try to embrace that. Because could it really be that the city of Chicago as a whole is starting to go, you know, this shit's getting out of hand? Is that possible? It's like LA. You know, can, can they, can they all of a sudden get a, is it, can it get bad enough? to where there's actually a change in the political thinking. I can't speak for Chicago, but I sure think I can for LA. And the answer is no, an emphatic no. Because they just had that opportunity. They had the opportunity to flip Newsom as governor, who's a douchebag. And then they had the opportunity to flip this disaster for a DA, Gascon, who is an awful human being. And um, no, you know, whether, I don't know whether the election was rigged or not. doesn't matter. He's still there. Yes, and the people there are like, okay, nothing we can do. 
So it'll be interesting to see how that goes in Chicago, who wins that race and then what actually starts happening. I'm sure the police officers might be really happy if they start prosecuting criminals again. Because I they really, might. I do believe, uh, now I'm doing one of the uh, the tropes that uh, No Agenda always points out. I do believe, <laughs> believe, of course I do believe, that these numbers have seemingly been coming down with how many have been shot and killed every weekend. I think a lot of that is because a lot of the crimes just aren't being reported anymore because what's the point? Yeah, could be. So you're really never too sure. Yeah, the uh, Omega Project in the Troll Room, trollroom.io points out new chief of police too. Yeah, once Lori lost, the chief of police here went, all right, I quit. He knew he was gone. You know, yeah. There was no way sure. they were going to keep him around. But uh, the one and only Joy Reed, as we mentioned early in the broadcast, this is how the GOP candidates going to be treated. In this case, they believe it is going to be Ron DeSantis. So anybody that's a Republican that's thinking, hey, you know, Trump, he brings all this baggage. But DeSantis, he kind of thinks like Trump and he doesn't have the baggage. They're giving him the baggage. Yeah, they're, they're, they're taking the baggage right off of Trump's cart and they're putting sure. it into DeSantis's cart. Sure. The story about a cartoon creator becoming the voice of the great white male freakout doesn't end at Dilbert or even at Elon Musk. It ends or rather begins with white grievance politics potentially becoming U.S. federal policy. If Florida Governor Ron DeSantis becomes president of the United States, which he is clearly aiming for. I didn't understand that, which he is clearly aiming for. And so he has political aspirations. That is that somehow bad? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> America will become the land of total government control over women's rights. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Ron DeSantis is for total government control control yeah Yeah, the fucking guy who said no vax mandates yeah tell me about that you idiot hey joy you're stupid yes clearly aiming for america will become the land of total government control over women's bodies black history gender identity how you can teach learn read think even talk it would essentially be a more functionally authoritarian version of trump how to talk although it's her side that keeps trying to silence people Interesting, isn't that? I have never, and if I'm wrong, you correct me, or if anybody listening can correct me, show me the conservative trying to deplatform, ban, throw somebody off the internet, throw somebody off social media. Show me that. Right. Because I don't remember seeing it. No. A more action, less personality type of president who's basically offering two options pre civil rights America. Or total control of society. So that's what that's what DeSantis is offering is pre-civil rights America or total control right. of society. Does she not know what's going on in Florida? She does. She's 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 a, she's a liar and not a very good one. And that's it's just that simple. Florida, if I had to guess, and I don't have these numbers in front of me, but because of where Florida is located, because I know there is a very large, at least Cuban population, assuming other latin public population i believe that florida would be one of the most diverse states in the union i think you'd be right there yeah and everybody's happily living there they don't have as far as i know they don't have a state income tax right 
there. That's why Rush Elba Rushbo moved down to Florida. Mm-hmm. No state income tax. Move out of New York to Florida. You save yourself a lot of money. Yeah. But this is pre-civil rights, I guess, because there's no black people, I guess, living freely in Florida, according to hmm. Joy Reid. Hmm. I mean, you're probably out there listening and you might be one of those people. Let Joy Reid know you're out there. But of course, his robust PR team has you thinking quite the opposite, which is why his new book titled, and I'm not making this up, The Courage to be Free. (laughs) Why would you be making this up? The Courage to be Free. Why is that a bad title for a politician to be writing a book? Hmm. I can't figure it out. If you know the answer to that one, too. I think Joy maybe is, uh, well, as you said, she's just plainly a liar. I would say she's She's not. But she may be a liar and she may be nuts. It's no reason they're mutually exclusive. This is true. (laughs) The courage to be free. As a firsthand account, from the blue collar boy with a dream to take down Disney and librarians. It got scorched by the New York Times, obviously. It's reviewers saying, quote, all the culture war mad libs can't distract from the dull coldness at this book's core. Well, of course, she says, obviously, which shows, you know, the game and that the New York Times is so biased. They're never going to say anything else about a Republican. But you're too fucking stupid to understand what you're saying is, well, of course, the New York Times burned it. It's like, well, because you're showing your bias, you're showing their bias while you're saying that this guy has his bias. Mm hmm. And that it will leave some supporters who have encouraged DeSantis to humanize himself sorely disappointed. The world DeSantis is building, the reviewer said, down in Florida is one that uses the power of government to make the Dilbert guys of the world feel comfortable. Wait, what does he have to do with Dilbert? I don't know. Does he ever even use his name? Does he even even know Scott Adams? Is he trying See, to? This is what they do. Just let's just right. spray that shit. Right. Spray well, that yeah. shit. Doesn't matter if there's based in any truth whatsoever. Just spray that shit. You're making that connection, even though there is none. Right. Is not. And shouldn't the uh, governor be trying to make everybody feel comfortable as long as they're acting within the law? That I would think. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who you are. That uh, as long as you are not breaking the law, you should want to live comfortably and without government interference. Mm. I don't know how that turns into totalitarianism that Joy Reid sees, but it's yeah. because he's uh, he's the new Trump. Of course. They feel good about themselves. Center, you know. Did you know that this isn't even Baby Maga's first book? Calling him Baby Maga. I do. Baby Maga? That's his name? I guess. Uh, okay. You know, and I understand we do it because we are an entertainment show. Yeah. The Beetlejuice thing, you know, I get it. That's why, you know, Scott Lobito does it because he's first and foremost an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I mean, I'm, I don't really watch Tommy's show either mm. because the minute any of these talking heads pretending to be a news person does the name calling thing, I just can't take them very seriously. Well, completely undercuts any semblance of journalism, but it's just crap. I mean, they're all just, I mean, she's, a, they're, they're just basically, they're propagandists that, you know, face yes. value. That's what you're talking about. There's, there's, you know, there's just what they are. It's all opinion pieces. It's all crap. But the yes. problem is there should be, you know, um, it just as you know, still, there's enough. The FCC says you can't say, you know, the seven, seven words you can't say on television and so forth. 
there should be a, a chiron across all of these uh, programs saying this is uh, this is opinion pieces is not news. Yes, there should be something flashing on the screen when yeah. it's not 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 news. No, just all not all, not all the time because it's yes. never news. True. Okay, is, is, this is not this is not journalism. This is not news. It's just an opinion piece. This is commentary. Okay, make make sure you know that as you watch. And you and I are old enough to have lived through at least some television and print journalists who, even though they had their biases, did their best. And maybe you can never one hundred percent get rid of them but did their best to do a job to bring a truthful and accurate story to light rather than pushing a narrative because they thought that was the right narrative to push. Yes. And I don't know who you go to at this point. Who do you look at? That is a television, you know, you used to have Bob Woodward. I, you know, he used to be pretty respected until, uh, you know, not fairly recently, but the whole thing he did with Trump was obviously a hit job. Sure. Well, I've heard there's a there's a podcast called Planet Rage that is pretty even handed. I don't know. We try. We try to bring things out and say, you know what? You know, this is why I'll do crazy stuff. Like, you know, I think Don Lemon's a dick, but if there's a case where he's being attacked and I think he's right, I'm gonna be like, no, he's right. You did that. And yeah. everybody piled on him. Everybody. They did. And then he apologized, which is like, just go away then. If you're going to apologize, <laughs> just, I mean, you have to stand up and go, no, I wasn't wrong. And I think we mentioned that in one of the other shows, um, my buddy Gene from Unrelenting sent me a, a quick little YouTube video with a couple of, you know, like 20 something year old guys were like, Hey, let's go to the strip clubs. Oh yeah. I'm hoping the 51 year old uh, strippers are there. They're in their prime. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Just making Don see Don Lemon. You could have made your point in such a such a classy way. Yeah. He also penned dreams from our founding fathers, published in 2011, and it pretty much sums up what we already know about the guy. David Waldstreicher wrote about the book in the Atlantic, saying the most revealing and consequential because the Atlantic is so very uh, non-biased. Yes element of the book is the insistence that the role of slavery and race more broadly does not seriously change anything about how we should understand the birth and development of our country all right first of all I- okay yeah that was from a rick rubin uh, clip there little rick there at the end little rick in the end okay who is a gay guy who he pointed out was uh, he being a gay conservative living in florida nobody bothers him there you are there's a lot of different types of people down there just having a gay old time. Do you know no pun intended? Imagine that. Yeah. Or maybe pun and intended. Been for, and have been for a long, long time. That ain't new. No. I mean, there's a lot of Amish people living down in Florida. That I didn't know, really. Oh, yeah. At Are least Sarasota. The horse drawn wagons and yes. like in Pennsylvania. Yes. Really? Yeah. Got it. Can you, I, man, uh, you know what? They deserve some kind of award because holy shit, no air conditioning. I know. Right? Like, wow. Yeah, I couldn't handle Ooh. that. It would be way Ooh. too hot. No, but some of the best pies in the world, Mrs. Yoder is a Sarasota and they have that whole uh, Amish Mennonite community right behind there. And everybody's just riding around on the bicycles. And uh, I never knew that. Thank you, Darren. You can check out I maybe a year, two years ago that Peter Santangelino, whatever his name is, I always butcher it. But the guy on YouTube that goes into all the different really you know, he likes to go down. He Lately, he's been down at the border talking to some sheriffs. He's gone into some of the most dangerous neighborhoods in New York and uh, L.A. 
he went into that community. It was one of the best series that he did that uh, just showing you that way of life. And he talked to people that, you know, went from the most Amish of the Amish where they don't even have the, uh, you know, bathrooms on the inside of the house to, uh, to ones that'll use cell phones and that, which is the Mennonites, which they can use some of the technology. But the interesting thing with the Mennonites with the cell phones were that married couples control their spouse's cell phone. I know. I mean, it's some very interesting stuff to, to get a view into how different people live. Mm. But you know, Florida, there's a lot of different types of people down there. This is true. And Ron DeSantis, while he doesn't appear to be, uh, you know, he gets that bad rap, I think, for not having a personality. But I don't know. I mean, do you really, how much personality do you really want in the politician? I, I don't care if they have any, if they, if they come across like a total zombie. I mean, this, this is what's wrong with America. You know, it's about the way they look. It's about their sexual orientation. It's about anything but the issues, unless they're commie issues. Then it's, then it's the go guy. But other than that, it's, it's absurd, you know, what's happened here. It is. Now, it'll be interesting to see who is the Republican front runner. It's still plenty of time for that one. Yeah. You know, CPAC is kind of turned into a shit show. Uh, it has. You know, and it's, it's like we just want. It's not even normalcy. I don't know. I mean, I guess it is because from when we grew up, but it's like we just want sanity. Mm hmm. Uh, we want people, I believe, to be held accountable for their actions. And that's it. You know, that's the the base, what you've got going on in a law-abiding society. And yeah. I think everybody should have these same opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come down with all of this stuff now, like, well, we have to check all these boxes. It's like, well, no, everybody should be treated individually which I believe is the long game that Scott Adams is running. Devorah kind of uh, noted towards that direction as well, because he knows Scott Adams and he says he called and talked to him and Scott and Scott's playing the long game. Hmm. And I think Scott's got enough money to play the long game. One would think, yeah. You know, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, one, he's got a really hot wife. He has enough money. I don't know what he has to do. I think he's also one of these guys. The interesting thing with Scott Adams is I don't know what kind of money he was bringing in with the syndicated Dilbert at this point. I don't know if that's even where his passion lies anymore. This may be like I'm caught up in a job and I don't want to keep doing it. So maybe this was his way of just getting the the strip out of all the newspapers so he could stop doing that part because he seems to like being the news guy you know just talking to people yeah Yeah. and he's pivoting and he has for a while on his locals channel and people are paying money and he's probably bringing in a decent amount of money there the hot wife took the money and ran the new wife did wow because he just got married not long ago I was shocked to learn even Dilbert was still a thing and that, that, that there were newspapers that were running comics. I mean, I haven't, I haven't held a newspaper, right. a physical paper in my hands in years. I mean, years and years. And um, the notion that there are still, you know, papers, physical papers being printed and people are reading them and they're running comic strips. I was like, that was news to me. You're like, where are they? Yeah. I mean, then again, we grew up in a time you could buy a newspaper from a machine on the street corner. Sure. Yeah. 
but it looks like the trolls are saying that his hot wife took the money and ran, which, okay. I, oh, wait a minute. So, so he's divorced? I guess. I, I oh. do not know these things. I This is where we have the trolls and they come up with all the good information. Do, yeah. Because it wasn't that long ago that he got married and she was like younger, way younger than him and like oh. really hot. And uh, oh. okay. so, I mean, he had the pointy wife. I mean, I could see where this could turn somebody. Yeah. <laughs> they have a, uh, <laughs> you know, that's a little bit great. But Scott Adams, his always I read his book. I don't he, he may have multiple books, but I read one of his books a few years ago. And I thought he was a really smart, very insightful guy that kind of looked at things in a little bit of a different way. I have probably mentioned this on a podcast somewhere along the way. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But there was a story that Dilbert was becoming a thing. And he had somebody call him up and I forget what kind of an organization it was that wanted him to come do a speech. And he's like, no, I, you know, I don't really, I don't really want to do that. And they're like, well, you know, what do you, and they're like, well, just let us know, you know, what the price would be. And he's like, well, let me think about it. And he called and talked to his agent and he's like, you know, these people want me to come do this. I'm not really comfortable with public speaking but I don't want to be a dick and say, no, I don't want to just come do your event. He's like, what should I do? And his agent gave him the advice. Well, here's what you do. Just tell them what your price is. Just make something crazy up right? that they won't want to pay. And that way you won't have to say no, you won't have to do it. Everybody's feelings are spared. So I guess he called these people back and he's like, well, yeah, I would need twenty thousand dollars whatever it is first class airfare this and this and this and, and they the, said okay right <laughs> first, they're like that's fine he learned he said he learned to love public speaking after that yeah which i can understand because it's a really good payday and uh was for it's been for hitler hillary hillary <laughs> <laughs> no no kidding right yeah it's like you see good, what these uh you know al gore you see obama's oh, you see all this stuff to come give a speech oh wow really is it worth that much mm. and i would think less so and i've always waited for this kind of a thing to to normalize because do you really need to pay anybody that kind of money to come do a speech once they do it somewhere else because you know somebody's recording it and gonna post sure. it online and uh yeah. you know which is why comedians have such a hard time right now is that you used to be able to go out and that i thought it was interesting on uh Dale Earnhardt Jr. has a podcast, but it also runs as a a television show on whatever channel and on Peacock where he interviews people. And he had open wheel driver, a six time champion in the IndyCar series, Scott Dixon on. And he was talking about the difference because he's you know around our age. He's in his 40s now. <laughs> and he was talking about uh, in his early part of his career how different the partying was and what you would do like after the Indy 500. He's like, there used to be legendary sure. Sure. parties the night of the Indy 500. And then he said, and then cell phones came around mm-hmm. and it, it's totally changed everything. Sure. Because now you have to worry that there's going to be video pictures, all yeah. of this. And people are massively changing their behavior. And you really have to wonder how that is affected the human race overall negatively Uh huh. how much and you know what would be different if we never invented that cell phone concept 
how different things can be because I do, I think that's, you know, if you're a comic you used to be able to go into a club and you used to be able to work your stuff out to small little audiences. And then if you weren't there, you, you know, maybe your buddies told you some of the jokes, but you didn't have an accurate yeah. representation. Right. Now somebody goes out and they do one show and somebody records it. Boom. It's on the internet the next day. But I digress. You have a clip here, Trump versus butter jugs. Which I think that's not what I named the last show. I thought that was so funny. The butter jugs yeah. line. Yes, that uh, this is an interesting. This is a clip from um, this is a the, the woman you heard at the beginning is from CNN, and she uh, pasted these two clips together. Might find it interesting. The train carrying hazardous materials went off the rails in East Palestine, Ohio. Twenty-three days of dread for the nearly five thousand Americans now asking whether their air is safe to breathe and their water is safe to drink. And like so much else in America, this environmental disaster quickly divided the country along partisan lines. Former President Trump led that charge when he visited the town inside a deep red pocket of Ohio on Wednesday. Stop. Yes, yes. As you- Stop. Before we hear from Trump and uh, butter jugs, um, you know, <laughs> the way she sets it up is this, this, this incident deeply divided the country along party lines. Um, no, what deeply divided the country, cook, cupcake, was the fact that there was virtually no response from the federal government um, for three weeks. Right. That's what did it. Not the incident itself. It was the lack of response from authorities. Now we can continue. Well, yeah, which would make sense because you want yeah. somebody to be like, hey, we're taking care of this. Yeah. Unfortunately, as you know, in too many cases, your goodness and perseverance were met with indifference and betrayal in some cases. Uh, They were doing nothing for you. They were intending to do absolutely nothing for you. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who visited the town a day after Trump's trip, flatly dismissed that accusation. What we've seen is industry goes to Washington and they get their way. They got their way on a Christmas tree of regulatory changes that the last administration made on its way out the door in December of 2020. So there you have it. The, so the train wreck is Trump's fault, according to Pete. So that's job number one. As soon as anything happens, blame the last guy. That's what they do. And where was Pete? Where was Pete for the first three weeks? He, he couldn't catch a, you know, a private jet or the Air Force wouldn't fly his ass into, uh, into Ohio. What, what was he doing? What he was, he was taking doing? some personal time. Shoe shopping. Oh, that's right. He was jogging and <laughs> shit like that. Nursing his kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I listened to that and all I could hear was John Fletcher in my head. See, that should be the official. It sounded quick, quick in the draw, Darren. Yeah. The official theme song of uh, the train derailments. Yeah. I think that should be every news, every news coverage. You should have John Fletcher doing that. Yes. To introduce that segment. (laughs) I think that would be perfect. And that's the beautiful thing of this mixed interface is you could just do a keyword search and the more things you have played. Cause I was looking in my, uh, while I was listening to that clip, I was looking through the different folders, looking for my one liners, looking for my little podcast drops and I couldn't find it. I'm like, well, you know what? I played it a long time ago. So you just do a keyword search and boom, it shows up. Very impressive. Sometimes free software 
just uh. works. But this is the problem with politics. And it's really epitomized in that clip, which is there is no truth. There is no real hard hitting news. This is let's use what's going on mm. to blame the other side for doing allegedly something wrong. Yes. Well, what's shocking is that there was any um, airtime whatsoever given to Trump's uh, side of the story. Yes. Now, did anybody cover his? uh, I didn't watch this weekend to know how much of, uh, because this was CPAC, right? The Trump speech. He talked. uh, Yeah. Did anybody pick that up? I don't know. I was was out of town. I was out in the desert. And uh, so I I just basically unplugged. So I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask. Sounds like the better place to be. I think so. Yeah. Recharging your soul, getting away from the, uh, yeah. feels just good not to have a cell signal every now and then, doesn't it? Exactly. Indeed. Where nobody can reach you. That's the other thing. Kids will never understand today. Mm-hmm. When you and I were in, you know, that age, which was uh, elementary grammar school, whatever you want to call it, junior high, mm-hmm. high school, when we would just go out and about. You know, when summer vacations were great, even, at, you know, 10 years old, you like left the house at like 9 a.m. And you maybe didn't yep. come back until three or four or five. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew where you were. You couldn't just be called on the phone. Right. Nobody could track you nonstop. It's a beautiful feeling. Yes. Yes. Which kids today will never understand the never. fact you can't drive out of your house. You can't drive out of your garage down your street without being tracked by multiple ring doorbells. Yes. You get out to a major street, you're going to be tracked by the cameras that are on the, the traffic lights. Mm-hmm. You walk into any store, you're going to be facially recognized and tracked. It's horrible. The surveillance state, really horrible. Nobody seems to care. They're like, no, it's nope. no big deal. Well, it's, if you're not doing anything wrong, what are you worried about? Well, there was, and I, right. and I don't know the- why I had never really even thought about this, but with the addition to all these things of the AI beast and our buddy CSB, you know, he knows all about the AI. There was something I'd never even really considered much. I knew that your face could be recognized. And, you know, when you walk into a home Depot, we, I think had a story about that a couple of years ago where they were keeping, you know, and they may not know who you are, but their, their system knows you every time you come in, they may not have your name. Of course, if you buy something with a credit card, well, right then they do know who you are. But the whole concept was by analyzing those video frames where you show up and not only who shows up in that frame with you, but who shows up in those frames before and after for a certain amount of time, they were using AI to put together a dossier on like who somebody's acquaintances or friends were because you're showing up in the same places. Mm-hmm. at the same time yeah it's like oh i never even thought of that use mm. it's great isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's all moving to the <laughs> desert let's get let's get rid of the internet let's just get rid of it for a few years and see how everybody does that. yeah good that'd be a good fix get everybody off their phone can you what would everybody do because everywhere what you would go they do right I'll tell you what, the, uh, there'd be a lot uh, fewer traffic accidents. The phones that's went away. Very true. Sure. That's for openers. Yeah. Less people scrolling up and down on their phones all day long. Like, wait, I don't have that anymore. Now what? Do I have to actually talk to somebody? Yeah. God yeah. forbid. 
God forbid. But without the internet, how would you hear us? That is the one downside. But it would give us way more free time if there was no it internet. <laughs> it would. We'd be have a better guitar player, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Either that or we would just get enough money together to buy an AM transmitter and put it right down on the border of Mexico. And There you go. And, Wolfman Jack style. Right. Yep. We can pump that wattage into everybody's cottage from the uh, from the AM well, band. The border blaster. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> but we are a value for value podcast. We did really great on the last episode. We did. So it, it only was going to go. Lovely Rhett. Yes. Thank you, Rhett. And the everybody else, um, Blackbeard, yeah. and there were a few others that came in on the last show. Yeah. Uh, this time we only have two, but that's okay. We get it. It's okay. It's we okay. get Biden inflation. Yes. Kevin Seifert coming in with his $5 a month donation. If everybody would just do that, man, we'd be in good shape. Indeed. But it is very much appreciated, Kevin. And of course, we are quickly to the delimiter, which the, uh, the 15,033 Satoshi donation, which was last week, 358 is only 338 this week, but there is like another $7 added onto there because CSB, he's a very interesting guy. He's he like, is. Darren, I want to give money to Ben Drew. And I'm like, okay, can I, I send you Bitcoin and you give Ben Drew money. And, uh, and that's what he's like, I'll send you, I'll send you $40 in Bitcoin. And then you send 33 to Bandrew. He suggested via the, uh, the YouTube thing, but I'm like, ah, fuck that. YouTube takes 30% or something like that. Since Bandrew has donated to this show before, and we appreciate yeah, him for that. We do indeed. I have his highly secret YouTube address or his, uh, PayPal address. Oh. So I was able to get him the funds from CSB. So I'm just, I'm kind of uh, now, I guess, one of those, what do you call money washers, money launderers Yes. between uh, Poland or CSB or wherever CSB is coming from. Mm -hmm. is, is it, is it bad to international or is he in taking uh, money over country lines and passing? Have I committed a felony? I'm just, let's thinking. hope so. <laughs> right. Let's hope that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, so that was like 33 went to Bandrew and then another seven came to, and he's like, give that to planet raids. So I mean, that brings him up to, I guess the uh, number one, when you, when you add those two together, a little over 10 bucks. And of course he has a note, which also doubted do not read shouty voice. Let Larry do it. <laughs> so we will. All right. Darren and Larry, it's a real pleasure to have fellas such as yourselves around alive in people's ear holes. Ooh. As the slow apocalypse rolls by day by oppressive day. Ooh. Why not find the fruits of the future reported on the AI.cooking podcast? It's a delight for all who are interested in documenting the unraveling of reality through the eyes of a sentient internet. Consider this sponsorship a record of the bedazzlingly blunderful Gregory Foreman's commitment. Yo. CSB. Nice. Way less shouty. <laughs> CSB, thank you for letting me launder your money. Yes. And I'm a part of it too. So we're all going to jail. <laughs> Just but, no. We get adjoining cells, Darren. That's all. And the food's good. Can we, do we have a uh, 10 G internet or something there? Can we broadcast live from uh, you whatever works? We figure uh, it out. If you, 
want to help support the show, and we hope you do. If you've gotten any value out of what you've heard here today or on other days whatsoever, you can help us out monetarily by going to planetrage.show slash donate, and you can find out all the information there. There's a PayPal link for a one-time or monthly donation. You can find out how to do the crypto thing. We have a P.O. box. And uh, our buddy NetNed just came in with an 8888. Satoshi says, boosting Felon O'Neill and fucking Larry. That sounds about right. <laughs> Thank you, NetNed. It does sound exactly about right. It and uh, if you don't have the ability to support financially at this moment because of Bidenflation, and hey, we are right there with you. Just tell a friend about the show. Say, hey, these guys yeah. are funny. These guys are informative. Or these guys are whatever. If if your friend's one of those where you like, if you tell them these people are full of shit, then tell them that, mm-hmm. and then they'll listen, and then hopefully they'll be entertained, and uh, we'll help make the world a better place, one person at a time. Indeed. Now I have no idea what's coming up on uh, mm-hmm. on the random thoughts. I do have a doctor appointment tomorrow, so that'll be fun. It's my six month checkup with the retina guy, hoping at least that's all stayed stable. So uh, that'll be one less thing to worry about. Fingers crossed for that. Yes. Thank you. And that'll be something to talk about probably on Wednesday for another edition of random thoughts, which like I said, missed last week. I apologize for that one. Do you know what's coming up on that Larry show? I do. I do, I do, I do. When I said I was out in the desert, I wasn't just in the desert. I was visiting, um, I would call it like a portal of the surreal. There's a place um, uh, way far south from here called the Salton Sea, and it is the largest ecological disaster in the history of California. It is essentially a puddle of toxic waste that goes 15 miles wide by 35 miles long. Wait, you went to visit a toxic waste dump? Yes, they don't call it as such, <laughs> but it is. It is. And are uh, you glowing? Was, well, I was only there for a few hours. So I figured I'd risk it, but um, there's uh, it's it's an amazing. There's been a couple of movies about it, smaller documentaries and so forth. And uh, but there's oddly, it was apparently it was in the in this early sixties, fifties and sixties. It became something of a tourist attraction. There were there were marinas there and boats and hotels and so forth. And then um, um, something changed. The government dumped uh, toxic waste into this uh, body of water, and it became the Forbidden Zone. 15,000 dead pelicans. Whoa. Hundreds of millions of dead fish. I mean, I don't care where I've been. You know, I'm a, I'm a water bug. And, you know, anything from a, a pond, a tiny pond in somebody's backyard to the Pacific, you stare at any water, any body of water. Um, for five minutes, you're going to see something in there bopping around, you know, maybe a little tadpole or a killie or this is dead. I mean, dead, dead water. It's really freaky, creepy. And an, an artist colony has sprung up in the past several years on the shores of this dead thing. It was fucking weird. So anyway, that's, that's why you need to listen to my show. And, and more importantly than ever, you have to go to that show.com because there's an accompanying photo essay. I have dozens of pictures of this place, and they will blow back your hair. I promise you. Yeah, this seems like a, a warning sign to, to yeah. not go. Although what you're saying that I'm thinking of the stories that have come out of Florida this week, and I wonder if it's a, uh, you know, I, it, it's horrible to have to be this possibly skeptical and negative, but you're hearing the stories like, do not use tap water 
in your neti pots in Florida because a guy got a brain eating omniba and died. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so you definitely don't want to use the water you're talking about unless you do. I don't know. Unless you do, unless you've got some kind of a death wish or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's such a strange place. It's the lowest. I had lunch in a bar called the Ski Inn at Bombay Beach. It's been there forever. And it bills itself as the lowest bar in the Western Hemisphere, which it is. The place is 236 feet below sea level. Weird. Right. And as I was driving in there, actually, my wife was at the, at the wheel. I was shooting pictures out the window. And she goes, oh, what's the matter with the car? And we look, and every idiot light on the dashboard was on. Traction control, brake, uh, check engine, a couple of others. It was like, it was a, you know, it was a fucking, looked like a slot machine. And I thought, what the fuck? This is not, I mean, it was a, literally the middle of nowhere. This is not where I want to get stuck out here. A two-lane blacktop, no shoulder, sand on both sides. And so, uh, you know, we pulled into a, finally in, into, into this loosely described town i got i looked under the hood and i thought "Eh, nothing's overheating you know all the fluids are good whatever i don't know something electronic well further research i discovered that because of the low altitude or i should say i guess the the different barometric pressure that's what turned on all these idiot lights nice so very strange it was like it was like going into another dimension very weird your version of the bermuda triangle exactly yes the car's like, I do not understand this reading. So I'm just going to throw the light and you can yeah. figure it out. Yeah. It's weird. The see, the more, you know, that is why you listen to planet rage. That's why you listen to random yeah. thoughts. And that's why you go to that Larry Cause you will find these things out. So when it happens to you, you'll know what's going on. Yes. And be sure you get to randomthoughts.com. And I always miss it. I've never missed an episode and I do miss it. And what I've noticed is Darren has been, uh, you know, he's, there's a few, he's, uh, he's dropped through no fault of his own over the past uh, several months. But when he, when there's, when there's a, an interval like that of silence, he comes back even stronger and wilder. So don't miss this coming episode. Right. The, the half hour to 40 minute episodes can turn into an hour. Exactly. I bloviate. It's the gift of the gab that us Irish have. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't just bloviate. You there's. I always learn things when I listen to your show, which is you know I, I don't you know I can get bloviating from from uh, endless sources, but usually that's all it is. You know, you you're a, you're a, you're a font of information, Darren. That it. is appreciated. We try to get to the yeah. crux of the matter, and uh, that's what we'll do again next week on Monday at one p.m. Central when we do these shows live. Just join us at the mighty no agenda stream, no agenda stream.com trollroom.io and get subscribed. If you aren't planet rage dot show and we'll be back. You better be here. The U S strikes back killing a member of the Islamic state. World going planet. I've been on that MSNBC, mate.